You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Well, David, we are back with another episode of Gospel-Centered Rest, and today we're talking about everybody's favorite subject, Submission, uh, because none of us ever struggle with submission. Um, no, honestly, this is a this is a very important topic for the world today, and it was an important topic for our biblical writers. In fact, this has been an important topic for a very, very long time, and I love how the gospel speaks to this topic. So let's just start right from the beginning. Submission. It is a very tricky word. word. It's a hard one to grasp sometimes and to wrap our minds around. What does it mean? Uh, we all have our different uh, bents uh, and have our different experiences as to what that word's meant to us in our own lives. But David, why is this such a tricky word? Yeah, uh, it's good to be with you again, Tyler. Um, I think part of the reason is because exactly what you said in your introduction, and that is our, our understanding of submission often comes from our experiences. So if we've, if we've had, you know, a bad um, experience in uh, government or let's just say employment or parent or spouse or church, and uh, let's say it's maybe not abusive, but it's just harsh and, and demeaning and takes away someone's person and ability to be able to speak, whatever it might be, um, that's how they generally begin to uh, define submission. I also think it's a very tricky word because the word is actually used quite a bit in Scripture, and but it's nuanced. It's um, written in different contexts. So, for example, Peter's speaking to a persecuted people. So this coming Sunday when we talk about slaves and masters, um, unlike Paul in Ephesians, Peter doesn't reference Christian masters or masters. Um, he's presupposing that a lot of masters that... Um, that are over these household slaves are going to be cruel. So what do you do when there's a cruel master? So submission is a tricky word often because we, we define it from experience. We define it from culture, how cultures viewed, um, how culture views submission and submission by cultural terms is, and we'll talk about this a little later, I think by cultural terms takes away our freedom. Uh, mm. and, and we, we, it lessens our freedom and then we, it's just, it's, it's a very, in a sense, it's a very plain understanding. Um, the meaning of submission is clear in scripture, but how to apply it in various circumstances becomes, becomes difficult. And so, so, and, and then I would say just finally, um, so not only the abuse of, and our hearts are not naturally submissive, but if we just think, um, you know, it, it, it's God's call in our life that brought us in submission to him. Um, we are not naturally submissive people. We're not submissive before God. Um, and we don't usually view submission as submitting ourselves to a good God in a fallen world. And that we are a people who are, to, who are called to cheerfully submit to God and trust his ways. And that's the joy of submission, whether it's government, work, master, slave, marriage, 
children, church, whatever, um, our struggle is with our faith in the Lord that he is good and we can trust his ways. I think that's why it's tricky. Yeah. And you kind of see that an interesting reaction from society and even from the church to these passages of scripture in first Peter chapter two, uh, Romans 13 being, uh, being another one, but can you explain how submission and freedom, you had just mentioned this, but how submission and freedom can be used in the same sentence. How could submitting oneself in the way that God wants us to submit actually be freedom? Yeah. And we read of this in other places, but in our, in our text, first uh, Peter chapter two, verse 16, we read submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. And that's, that's why we hold freedom so, so close. Um, and, uh, that's why it's, that's why it's such a difficult subject because it's very personal. Um, because our freedoms can be used, uh, for example, for evil purposes or for our sin. Um, freedom is an interesting word when it comes to submission, because if we don't have to submit to anybody or any institution, uh, we can do as we please. Um, if we don't submit to God, then we can do as we please. Uh, and it, it becomes a, um, an excuse for, for living out our passions, our sin. Um, contrast that to submission to God, where there's a worldview and there's um, truth norms uh, or, you know, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, we, we live under the norms of God, the laws of God, uh, right. and, um, and we willingly submit to him. So we willingly submit to, uh, institutions that he has set up, um, because of God's nature and because of God's goodness and because of God's truth. So you think about the storyline, the biblical storyline, um, creation was meant to be enjoyed, but then you have the fallen creation. So there's injustice and there's, there's a lack of submission. Um, and then Christ came to redeem us. And we learn what it, um, what it is once again to joyfully submit to the Lord. So um, I think bottom line, often submission is used to, for very selfish purposes, for very sinful purposes. Mm-hmm. And where we actually find freedom is in submission to um, the person of God and the ways of God and the enjoyment of God. And that's what freedom is. Um, submission to God brings us back to the creational norm. There's the word, the creational norm. And um, we find our greatest freedom when we're in relationship with God and living out according to his image um, and his will, um, his purposes. So by implication, would you agree that when we have an issue with you know, submitting to our authorities or even submitting to one another. And I know we're going to talk about that in, in uh, just a moment. But would you say that when we have an issue with submitting that, that the fundamental, probably one of the fundamental reasons is because we're having, we're having a hard time trusting that, um, trusting in what God has, has asked us to or trusting in what God has brought us to or called us to? It's, it's, it's a willful we, we have a hard time with willful submission. I know we've been talking about um, biblical care. And when we have, um, uh, sometimes when you have people come in, that, like Peter, Peter knows his stuff. 
you know, God knows us. And that's why he spends a chapter and a half on uh, submission, because it is hard to get people to understand that um, there is freedom and submission to the to the will and purposes of God. Now, exactly how that's lived out, that can be difficult. But initially, to, to live um, in freedom, submitting. So I think, I think part of it is uh, faith in God's ways, faith in God's purposes and his person. But then we're just selfish people. We spend a lot of our time, you know, uh, we can be so devious about it too. Like it can sound so religious and so good. Um, but uh, we have our agendas and we live for our comfort often. Um, and we're going to see this coming Sunday about slaves and masters. And, you know, how do we experience, how do we trust God even when we're experiencing injustice or uh, yeah um or suffering um and 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 we're doing the right thing um we just we find that incredibly hard uh when we talk about marriages and the relationship between husband and wife uh, a selfless marriage as opposed to mm. you know self um selfish marriage so i think i think um exactly that l- lack of faith and then we just love ourselves we have a hard time yeah. loving god and then loving one another now, if if we were speaking to somebody, we are having a conversation with them, as we've been talking about caring for one another, how do you approach this conversation with somebody who's been abused um, in a um, in in a role where they've they've maybe been abused by somebody who's who's in a in an authority role over them, and that person's used this concept of submission to to get what they've wanted from them and to do what they've wanted uh, how do you approach this in a graceful way to somebody who when they hear that word again they all they can think about is the abuse that they've suffered yeah love the question because the church and and we need to listen to those who have been abused and um, have hid and the abusers have hid behind words like headship or um, authority or, or whatever other term that they might use. I think, uh, two things come immediately to, to my mind is first of all, we just really need to be good listeners. Um, we need to, we need to hear their story and especially in churches or sometimes even Christian marriages, people are just afraid to share their story and we need to welcome their story. Uh, we need to, to help them, and, and scripture does this, to help them speak about their pain. The Psalms are fantastic at this. Uh, the Psalms and, and other places in scripture will give us words to help us understand what we've been through. Because God knows we live in an unjust society and um, painful things happen to us. And so the psalmists and, and others walk through a lot of pain and they give us words. So we just really need to listen well to people who... Um, where we're sub- the, the whole concept and teaching of submission has been um, has has been used against them rather than for them. And then I think the other thing, the second thing is uh, just even a verse like verse seven, uh, 17 of 1 Peter chapter 2, honor everyone. Um, so if someone is, has, has um, uh, submission has been used against them in a marriage or church, then... Uh, verse 17 says, honor everyone. And, and just to be able to affirm, you were not honored. 
um, that person did not treat you with dignity and respect. Um, they did not uh, treat you with um, uh, with love um, in, in how they, they were called to treat you. Uh, and so on one hand, you're listening to their story. And on the other hand, you're saying, Jesus has a different story for you. And that's Amen. not how Jesus treats us. Um, he honors us. Uh, he treats us with dignity. We are created in, the, he treats us with value. Um, and anytime anybody abuses the submission, then they, they devalue the person. And all sorts of questions come in, in, into play. So I think really listening to their story, but also being able to tell them God's story of, of how he honors them. And the greatest um, story that's ever told of that is while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We were at our worst and Christ honored us um, in his death and resurrection. That's good. What would you say, David, to the person that maybe is in that situation right now where they are suffering in silence? Uh, in an abusive situation, and they're just, they're maybe just seeing it for the first time, or they've been experiencing experiencing it for a while, not knowing what to do. Um, What would you say to that person if they were listening? Yeah, I would say that there are safe places um, among God's people who who want to care, and who, who understand that um, especially like, I think if we, we say, you know, let's just take marriages, um, that, that there are safe places for those who understand that that is not how, um, uh, that that person cannot hide behind the Bible or the gospel, um, and say, well, you're called to submit, um, that you are free from that. Um, and God has provided provisions in his word and hopefully safe places in his church where you can honestly tell your story um, and it can be received uh, and then you can receive the help that you need. Pretty good. Um, I mean, we could just talk about that, just those just those few questions for a long time, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just quickly, even like what we named the podcast is rest. There's a place of rest. Yeah. I mean, it's not because it's not just, there's so many types of, like a mental abuse, emotional, like some people are just so exhausted. There's a place of rest first in Christ and then Lord willing, um, in his church, um, with, with some safe Christians who will journey with you on a very, on a very difficult journey. And I can say that about our church, about Grace Bible Church, we are, we are here to journey with you. And if you are listening and you are suffering, uh, we would love for you to reach out. Um, we are here for you. We're here to care for you and to point you to the rest that we can find in the gospel. Um, and, and I just appreciate the, the commitment that our elders, that our pastors have to that at our church. Now, shifting gears just for a moment um, onto how this COVID situation, the pandemic situation has played out, how our government's been responding and keeping with what we're talking about with submission, we've seen how Christians have responded to some of the, the regulations that the government's put on. We've seen all kinds of response. Uh, if you just do a Google search, uh, you can see all kinds of response uh, on, the south, on the southern side of the border and on this side of the border. Um, we're seeing it everywhere. Now, how has Christians 
should we view our freedom in such a circumstance as this? And as a church, how should we respond to these government regulations? And why should we respond that way? Should we start protests? Should we um, start to uh, get upset about what's going on? How do we take a passage like 1 Peter chapter 2 and apply that to what we're going through right now? Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll answer it with three, three words, um, freedom, peace, and goodness. I'm just thankful that even churches have a freedom to disagree on this. Um, and I'm also thankful that churches have a freedom to disagree in certain ways that the government may be handling this. Um, what an... Av- I mean, what a like by God's grace at this point, what a country to be able to say we can we can disagree with one another, um, and it might be for a variety of reasons, um, and we might even disagree with certain things about what the government is doing during this time, but that we're free to express disagreements um, and agreements, and I, I think in part uh, just what we read in Timothy that we're to be praying for our government, um, whatever level. I mean, this is not easy. COVID is such a mystery in so many ways, at least from what I'm reading. And to guide a nation, a province, a city through all of this, um, I think above all, we're just praying for our leaders and uh, praying for, for those who are fearful in our country and um, those who want to start up again and um, just praying for wisdom for our leaders. The second word was peace. Um, the in, in the various passages that talk about Christians dealing with the government, I think Part of it is one one of the things that at least jumps out at me. One of the main messages is as much as possible to live at peace um, in in with our government. So whatever approach we take, whatever language we use, we want to as much as possible be peaceful. Um, and I think that comes across clearly in Scripture. And then finally, uh, the word goodness. Um, I I don't see this as I see this more as a health issue and less as a not meeting together as a church. I see this as an opportunity for the church rather than to spend its energy on whether this is a freedom issue, that we should be spending our issue, our, our time on how do we care for those who are fearful? How do we care for those who are sick? How do we care for the elderly? And for the so the primary voice, I think at this time, it would be in such a witness is how can we care for you? How can we love you? Um, how can we speak about Jesus when people are just so filled with fear? How can we speak about life in a conversation of death? Um, and so what what is the world hearing um, from the church? And I would hope it would be more, uh, we have this opportunity to, to sh- shine the light of Christ through our actions and our words as we seek um, to care for people. I love that. Um, brings it back to the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, our main, some of our main mandates as believers is to care well for one another, care for the world that's out there, share the gospel, um, be a gospel-centered light uh, to the world. And, and I, it, it's been interesting to see different churches respond different, different ways and different Christians respond different ways. And I love the focus on that. Yeah, it's, it's a, it has to be gospel. Um, mm-hmm. And, and even, you know, just an opportunity um, to, there are times when we can, um, when we can say to the government, uh, you know, we, we can agree on this and, and that's, that's yeah. good. 
Like if, if this is, there's enough things that we'll disagree with on culture. Um, but if there are, if, if we can be promoting, you know, if this is for the health of our nation, um, the church wants to be on the forefront of that. Um, and uh, so the church is inconvenienced. Um, and and uh, maybe for the first time, in, at least in my life, the church is being inconvenienced. Um, are, are we going, what voice are we going to have through all of this? Um, and sometimes I think what's happened is the church itself has become fearful or the church itself has um, almost panicked. Um, but God's, mm-hmm. God's got this. <laughs> he's, he's sovereign in all of this. And, and he'll, he'll look after his church. And maybe this is a refining time for the church. Uh, maybe it's a time when he's calling the church to search our hearts and to, um, uh, to say, like, do you really love the church? In my entire lifetime, uh, I, I have never had to not go to church. Um, it's always been my choice. Well, because I preach, maybe it hasn't been, but generally. Um, so, so I think for, for the church to not, not be able to meet, you know, hopefully what it's doing is creating a hunger for worship, um, for yes. renewed teaching and for relationship and for truth so that we can shine brighter. So let's take this time um, to, to wait patiently. Let's take this time to be inconvenienced, search our hearts. People are saying, well, this is a judgment on all. Like whether it is or not, start with your own house and say, um, what is my heart response? And then how do I grow in holiness and love and care for others? And then when we are able to meet again by God's grace to be renewed um, and shine a light even brighter, that what what hope um, that, that God can, can do that and revive his church? And just kind of shifting uh, to our to our last uh, to our last point here, um, and talking a little a little practically, how can a church navigate this concept of submission? What would your uh, what would your practical advice be to to a church or church leadership, and how to minister to your to your congregation? to those that you are caring for with this, with this idea and this thought of submission? I love that. That is a great final question. I, again, verse 17, how do we honor everyone? That it, it's in those small things. Or how do you love the brothers and sisters? Um, when we talk about submission, we often think of it in terms of roles. So I hear that from the church a lot. What, is, what are our roles? Scripture seems to talk about our roles, but when it talks about our roles, it talks even more about our character. Um, so I don't, it doesn't matter in a sense, like whether you're headship or submission. And of course, it, that matters because that's what we're talking about. That's what the Bible does. But it matters even more about your character of headship. Like, are, are you going to be a husband who seeks to understand his wife? Well, you can talk all you want about role, but if you don't have a character that's going to seek to understand your wife and and honor her and love her even more than you would love um, brothers and sisters in the church, then headship means nothing. Um, if we're not going to submit as unto the Lord in truth, um, with patience, it means not. So character comes across a lot. And then I think the final thing that I would say in, um, is God gives wisdom like in the complexity of headship, submission, authority, institutions, all of that, um, God gives his wisdom. And 
uh, in his wisdom, he will, he will help us navigate through very difficult um, and trying circumstances. And sometimes we say, oh, I've waited too long or I haven't, you know, do I wait longer? Whatever questions they might come up, God gives wisdom and we're led by his spirit. Very good. Uh, I love that, that we've had this conversation at this time and God has given us a, a very unique moment in human history to show honor and glory to himself by uh, being a gospel-centered people uh, during this time and to, to show the love and the grace and the rest of the gospel to others during this time. So thank you for having this conversation today, David.